You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're ready for the Dallas Cowboys to be back from the mini-buy. Huge game on Sunday on the road against the Washington football team. It is Tuesday, so we are getting ready. And, of course, we are here for our weekly Dallas Cowboys roundtable on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel where you can watch it live. You can, of course, catch the rewatch. You can, of course, listen to it on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Make sure to subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are always appreciated we did this live stream a little bit later in the evening wanted to see uh just who's around you know sometimes people need a little bit of time to eat dinner the time change about a month ago is still screwing with all of us uh, i'm not exactly sure uh when dinner is supposed to happen but joining us this evening we have in clockwise order up near the top from the jersey shore himself basically it's all the same up in the northeast quadrant of the country tony catalina on twitter at tony underscore catalina you can hear him on the blog and the boys podcast network on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on The Daily and on Saturdays on Two Minute Warning. You can also read him at bloggingtheboys.com. In our 4 o'clock position, we have our 1 o'clock person, Tom Ryle, the OG, on Twitter at TomRyleBTB. You can also read him at bloggingtheboys.com. Hear him on Thursdays on Riled Up on the network. And then about 7.30, it is Dave Sturchio, the original Jersey boy himself, Little Sturch, as many have called him. You can hear him on Mondays on Jersey Boys, on Saturdays on Two Minute Warning, on Chop Sports. This man never, ever, ever sleeps. He is on Twitter at Dave Sturchio. Sturch, I come to you first. Happy Tuesday. Are you ready for a ton of divisional games, not just for the Dallas Cowboys, but throughout the rest of the NFC East? Yeah, I think this is actually really big for the Cowboys outside of the Cowboys games itself, man. I mean, like you have... You're looking at the teams below us right now, and obviously the Washington football team coming up this week, and then you know, you know you got uh, the Giants in between that, Philly later than that. But the best part about it is that those guys got to play each other too. You know what I mean? So those guys are going to kind of knock each other around a little bit, and it's kind of I think it's a you know, massive advantage for the Dallas Cowboys because obviously we control our own, but at the same time, you know those guys are going to beat each other up. So we're kind of you know we're in a good spot right now. There are 11 games remaining for all four NFC East teams, and only three of them only feature one NFC East team. That means we have eight games where we will have two NFC East teams tangoing with one another. Tony Catalina, do you know how to do the tango or the merengue or the cha-cha? We'll take any one of them. I don't know how to do any of that, but I'm getting married, and the first thing my fiance said was, let's take some dancing lessons, um, so maybe oh. soon. I could see you doing some some Fred Astaire uh some you know stuff like that I, I could certainly see that um in your future tom you strike me as more of a two-stepper uh do you feel like the cowboys have been in the midst of a two-step sort of process um everybody has wrongfully complained that they uh faced a unique challenge in playing three games in 12 days i say wrongfully because literally every nfl team has to do that don't believe the lies you have been told on twitter.com uh, but nevertheless, the most unique part of the season, most unique part of the schedule is over, Tom. Does it feel nice? Do you feel confident that with things settling back in on a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday basis that we'll see more of who we saw in October from this team? Well, I'm certainly hopeful that's going to be the case. How about uh, yeah, we've got we've got the, the extra rest, which should be helpful. We've got players coming back. Uh, you know, we got Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore look like they're going to be back. We've got the coaching staff back in the building, everybody except Mike McCarthy, who's supposed to rejoin them on Thursday. And I just I feel like this is a great place for the Cowboys. Now they just have to take advantage of what they've got in front of them. Jumping off that point, Tom, since you do all the hard work and give us all the content and material around here, um, I'm going to put up a statement, and I would like each of you to tell me whether you agree true or false. Tony, we will start with you. True or false, this is the healthiest that the Dallas Cowboys have been all season. Any game, weeks 1 through 13 to this point, including the bye, is this the healthiest that the Dallas Cowboys have been throughout 2021? If Neville and Randy are there, i got to say true. You know, I think okay, this is Tom? the point we've been waiting. True. Uh, sorry, Tony. Uh, Sturch? No, you're good. Yeah. 
I'm going to say false. Oh, okay. So, Tony, let's give your reasoning, and then Sturge can tell us why he's wrong. <laughs> uh, basically, it's it's kind of what we've been waiting for. I've been kind of like – it's that, like, carrot we've been dangling for the last two months. Like, you know, eventually the defensive help is coming back, and, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is back, and it looks like it's right around the corner from being true. To Tony's point, the Dallas Cowboys will have – Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Neville Gallimore, Micah Parsons, and a partridge in a pear tree to be uh, seasonal because that's the rule uh, when you do any kind of podcasting or talk radio uh, in the month of December. So, Sturge, do you disagree purely off of Ezekiel Elliott's status? Because I feel like that's where you're coming from. That's where I'm at. Uh, I, I love this the whole defensive cavalry coming back. That's great. And I, I think the defense is playing better than the offense lately. And everybody can agree with that. Um, but with, with the Ezekiel Elliott thing, look, as much as people are like, oh, you know, he's banged up and we got Tony Pollard. Don't worry. Like, I think they complement each other. I've been saying this until I was blue in the face that we need both of these guys and Zeke ain't running right. He's not. And, and I, I hope that this 10 days off did him a, a service, you know, and he got the rest and relax and recover and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if Zeke is banged up, like that, that's a big deal for me. I, I mean, I don't know how many people would agree with me, but again, from a, from a, Number standpoint, sure. Yes, we're the healthiest we've been. But with, with Zeke being banged up, I think that's a big, big part that the Cowboys are gonna really they're gonna miss. And they're not missing it, but I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna struggle in that department. Well, let's stay on that subject then, Sturge, and we'll go you, Tony Tom. Um, nice uh D double T action happening here on the round table tonight. Would you rest Ezekiel Elliott? Because this is a subject that people have been broaching. Uh to be very clear, I think we would all agree the opportune time for this was last week against the New Orleans Saints, so as to give him the mini buy and time to get right for the stretch that we're about to enter here. But you know, bygones are bygones, waters under the bridge. We're not gonna relitigate all this, but would you rest him against Washington on Sunday, Sturge? I would not, not anymore. Like he had his time. We just, you just mentioned that. Like he had his time to skip a game. He would have had seven, you know, 17 days off. You know what I mean? Like he would have had a lot of time to rest had he had missed the Saints game. And clearly Pollard was the better running back that day, too. Um, you know, again, high insights 2020. I'm not worried about that anymore. But going forward, like this is now the run. This is now, you need all of your guys uh, banged up or not. Everybody's banged up. You know what I mean? Like I think Dak Prescott is still banged up. These are the guys that need to kind of like show out right now. These are division games. You can't sit around. You can't resting Zeke Elliott would paint a bad picture to me from the coaching staff right now at this point. Like these are very, very important games coming up. If you're just like, ah, it's all right. We'll be fine. That's painting a, a we're too confident. We got, you know, I don't want to hear the I like the guys we have comment over and over again. We've heard that for years now. Zeke Elliott's a pro. You know, he's going to have to, you're literally going to have to like, like glue him to the bench to not have him in. So if he's available, he's going to play. Uh, Mitchell Green in our live chat says, I would not rest Zeke. So that's two that are against uh, Tony Catalina. Rex Morgan, though, chimes in and says, rest Zeke. He is not doing anything anyway. Salt in Dave Sturgio's wounds. How do you feel, right. Antonio? I don't one just right off the bat. I don't think you should rest them. I think the the time off is you know it, it should help them. I mean it's going to be one of those situations where every practice week may be a veteran type situation, and you know where he's maybe he doesn't practice, maybe he's light limited all week for the rest of the season. And secondly, kind of to touch on Dave's point, he's going to be like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. He's going to have to miss the flight for him to not to play in a game. So he, he's <laughs> just like seasonal thing. I like it. Right, you know, got to stay with it. But yeah, I mean he's just. I mean, the opportunity was th last week. I mean, they touched on it. There was, you know, rumors and rumblings that it was going to happen, and it didn't happen. And and I feel like he may have played a little too many snaps, especially with kind of the juice Tony Pollard was bringing a little bit. But it, it, no, the team is not better off when he's when he's not playing. And I don't think that's the right course of action until we have things locked up at the very least. Tom, we have Sturch, we have Tony, we have Mitchell Green. Uh, Dina Simpson chimes in and says, football players don't need rest. This isn't the NBA. They aren't playing multiple games a week. So uh, Dina seemingly on the side of not resting him. So it's everyone against uh, Rex Morgan, who says to rest Zeke. So, Tom, there are 891 points up for grabs on this particular question. Make your case. By the no, way, Tom, Wild, Wildcat one, sorry, chimes in, says Zeke is wasting downs. Pollard is better right now. Yeah, I, I might see giving Pollard a few more of the running snaps, but I wouldn't rest Zeke per se because I think the problem with the running game isn't Zeke. It's the the five guys that are supposed to be blocking for him up front. Mm, go off. I th yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of seething about the whole Connor situation. I think they put McGovern in for Williams uh, – 
and it was a mistake at this point. I think they need to put Connor Williams back in. That seemed to be the best combination that was working with Lyle Collins out at right tackle. I think the uh, they could do a lot better. There were just some some bad blocks uh, in the run game against the Saints, against a good run defense uh, as well. So, you know, they're up against another defense that seems to be finding its stride and playing uh, the way that we they thought they were going to play from the beginning in the Washington football team. They need to get the blocking straight and, and give these guys some lanes and some creases, uh, get get them a chance to get out there and, and get those yards so that we're not seeing, you know, one, two, three yards uh, on a failed first down. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think resting Zeke is necessarily a, a solution at this point. I think they're going to need him uh, the rest of the way. I, I, I agree with Sturge on that. So, yeah, let's let's get the running game fixed and give these guys more of an opportunity to do something. Uh, 297 points for each of you. That totals 891 points in total. Um, so a nice, even Steven three-way split for you guys. Uh, if you want to throw any points, any listeners way, that's certainly up to you. Uh, Vance Williams says, Sturch, Zeke should play whenever Pollard gets tired. <laughs> and you know um, what? You know what? To that point, he might have, Vance might, it might be on to something there. Like, it's it's going to be hard to not dress Ezekiel Elliott, right? But if you want to start, you know, sprinkling in a little bit more of Pollard and bringing Zeke on pass protection, in which he has showed that he's one of the best pass blocker, uh, pass blocking running backs in the league, then do that. That's fine. A little less wear and tear. I'm all for that too. But I just don't see Zeke sitting out a game. Yeah, I mean, if you want to throw like the blanket. Tony Pollard is RB1. Tony Pollard's the name at the top of the depth chart. Whatever. Fine. Do that. That's I think we're all simpatico on this. Keep Zeke Elliott active. Make sure he's available. Uh, but I think we're all in agreement here. Lessen the load a little bit for his sake and for your sake. That's something they were managing really well early on in the beginning of the season. And then everything broke, uh, including QB1. And so Antonio, Anthony, really, Catalina, I put it to you. And I want a 1 to 10 answer. Are we concerned about Dak Prescott? Because the answer has to be yes. So um, one to ten, with ten being holy crap, this is 2015 Kellen Moore playing for the Dallas Cowboys. One being, you know, 1992 Troy Aikman in the Super Bowl um, level of panic. Um, I guess one is technically some level of panic, so forget that part of the answer. But anyway, one to ten, how panicked, concerned, freaked out are you about Dak Prescott? Who uh, there have been a lot of assessments done on him. Uh, Mark Schofield does a great job on Dak Watch for us here on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Kurt Warner does a great job breaking down things. Had a Dak Prescott breakdown that came out today. Um, Bob Sturm has done a great job on this. A lot of really bright people pointing out how something Tony, for lack of any better words, just is not right. So, yeah, I was, you know, I did kind of have a chance to go back, watch Mark's video. I got to watch Kurt's video. I think it's super, you know, informative. It helps like people like us and just any casual fan um, kind of get a deeper look into it. As far as a number, I'm I'm like on a three. I'm not overly concerned. I saw some things in the Saints game that was just some of it was communication based. Some of it was continuity but with his receivers. You understand, Um he hasn't had the full array. Some guys are coming back from injuries. It was just little nuanced little things that like felt like can be fixed with some communication, um, just kind of getting back to the basics a little bit. I mean, and there were some throws he hit that were big league throws. I mean, that he put a throw on CD over the middle on a slant that he couldn't have went down there and handed it to him any better. So, like, I don't think that I'm overly concerned with the way Dak Prescott is playing. I think it's just the attrition of the season. You're going to have ebbs and flows. I think, um, you know, he's played some defenses that people don't want to give credit to that have been a little better than, you know, I mean, I I don't think there's a blueprint on them, but the defenses they've played have, have been better than people want to give national credit over. And my concern level isn't as nearly as high as maybe somebody else's would be. Sure. Denver, uh, while overall they are frauds, uh, has a nice defense. Kansas City's defense has come alive as of late. Uh, obviously, New Orleans has had a nice defense for most of this season. Uh, Tom Cam, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Kayanta, uh, says he's not extending plays like he used to, not asking for 20-yard scrambling, but positive yards at the very least. Um, do you agree with that, Tom? Do you, do you think, you know, there is something missing. Maybe you want to put it that way instead of saying something isn't right. That that's There's something that we have seen before that we are not seeing now. Yeah. Well, watching uh, Kurt Warner's video today, uh, it looks to me like, like Dak is 
Are you so going to watch Kurt Warner's movie, by the way? The biopic on his life? I I'm think that would be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I want to see, I want to see him tearing up the grocery store with his passing. Uh, but I <laughs> I just see it seems like Dak is he's not comfortable. He's nervous. Uh, maybe he's taking a little bit too much on himself uh, at this point. I, I'm, I'm hoping that getting Amari back out there with the rest of the wide receivers is going to get him feeling a little more comfortable because Cooper's a you know just an outstanding route runner. So yeah, there's 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 something going on. Um, you know, as as I mentioned in my my latest article, a lot of it's just mental focus. I think the guys are that they're not feeling it right now at least all the time there are there are times that they're getting it but there's sometimes that there's there's just that uncertainty and Dak is kind of the exemplar of that he just looked like he was having a hard time making his reads and making decisions based on the way that Warner was interpreting what he said on the video uh Sturge I'm gonna put you on the spot here do you know how many games Dak has played with Amari Cooper Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb uh, the first four last year, and then the first, and then we lost get six. The answer is eight now, oh, as of oh. as of the New Orleans game. Um, the first five last year, actually. So way to mess that up. Uh, and then Tampa Bay. I to, to, I, that was burned in my head. I'm trying to forget about uh, last year. Thanks. And, and then Tampa Bay to start the season was six. Uh, then Gallup returned against Atlanta. That was seven. Uh, and then obviously Amari didn't play, and then CD got hurt, obviously. And then last week against New Orleans was eight. So while we on paper are like, holy crap, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CD Lamb, I do think it's fair to to suggest that there is some, you know, stabilizing that is still happening. I mean, he's generally been amazing in the games that he's had them, but it's not like they've been, you know, they've been teammates theoretically for, you know, a year and a half now, but it just, it, it's not like that in actuality, if that makes sense. You talking to me? Yeah, that's why I said Sturge. Oh, I didn't hear you say Sturge. Sorry about that. But uh, I will say this about Dak Prescott. The only thing I'll totally, totally 1,000% disagree with Tom is that. Oh, oh fight. Call him out. He's, uh, say, he's say showing like a lack of confidence or he's nervous. or like You talk about a guy who has this Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality. You got to hear the sounds of the sidelines on, on, on uh, this past week. Okay? There is nothing other than confidence oozing out of this guy's pores, okay? It's just about ex execution. It's about getting his guys back on the field. It's about having a running game. It's about not having to rely on the pass. And, and, I, and I discussed this on my show today. I said, look, you need a balanced offense in this league for, for going forward. Like, people figure you out. Obviously, you saw last night with the New England Patriots that they can run the ball 57 times in a row and nobody would bat an eye. But they have the element of a passing game. It just so happened to be a bad weather game. But I'm saying for Dak Prescott, Everything else needs to start clicking around him for this to work. Stop shuffling the offensive line. Stop, you know, we have had injuries. He's down to one tight end. He doesn't have Blake Jarwin. So there's a Blake lot Jarwin's of Jarwin's back, by the way, was activated off of IR today, just for full. Who? Jarwin? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that was mean to say who to Blake Jarwin. Dude, what's Blake ever done to you? Mike Jones. Um, no, but I, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of intangibles around Dak Prescott right now that aren't in his favor, yet he's he is. He might be trying to do too much. I do fear that he has a little bit of a skepticism about running the ball, and he'd like to force it in there and try to be the thrower that he knows he can be. We all know he can lace it in there. Tony just alluded to that of having them, you know, some of these throws. Like, I mean, that the teardrop pass to to Gallup in the end zone from one yard out was a thing of beauty. You know, he he put it in a place that only Michael Gallup can get it, and he does that a lot with Gallup. But overall. There's no nerves here. Like, if I had to put a number on it, I'll, I'll go with four for his number, right? I'll go four because I'll say that his running ability is definitely taking a sidestep from his from his uh, overall presence on the field. Like, you're not – no longer are you saying as a defense, like, all right, this guy can take off at any moment. Like, it, we're, they're not doing that anymore. And maybe, you know, the, the one big game beatdown that we had, you know, within the last month was against Atlanta. And, again, sound of the sidelines, something that picked up – or Showtime picked it up. Either way. Um, he said something like, I had to remind everybody just how big I am. You know what I mean? Like he had to put that shoulder down and remind everybody that he's an athlete after all, not just a thrower of the football. Um, but I think there's there's times where he just kind of second guesses himself and he tries to do too much. That's all. So first first of all, just to clarify, Tom, before I let you respond, Blake Jarwin, uh, just back to uh, the injured reserve from COVID protocols. But Tom, I'm going to go ahead and give you 24 points uh, for Mamba uh, because – 
I think Sturge agreed with you that, that Dak is expressing some level of nerves. He just wanted to, to put it in his own words. I mean, you can't say Sturge that he's, you know, he's got some level of skepticism. It's okay. Like there, it's okay to say that he's, he's clearly a little, you know, he's playing smarter football, like smarter football right now. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of hesitant football. I, Tom, th- th- it was your point. Yeah. He, to me, it's, you saw happy feet uh, in the videos. He just, great he movie wasn't itself, his, by the way. Happy yeah, feet. too. Uh, but but Dak wasn't getting his feet right. He was he was making some throws off of some some bad platforms, uh, which to me says there's something he's uncertain about. Maybe it's the pass rush coming. Maybe it's he's you know not sure about the receivers when he doesn't have his his top three out there. Something right now isn't sitting right. That's why I'm hoping that this ten days is a chance to get that stuff kind of honed in and back in place. Uh, let's get some good practices in. They've had some time to rest up. So, you know, now now we're down to this rather weird stretch run. Uh, you know, when you play your last four games or four of your last five games are against your division rivals. That's, I mean, a lot can happen because, you know, division games can sometimes go in very unexpected directions. So, you know, this is going to be a, a really interesting game. And the fact that, that, Three of them are away games uh, going north to teams where we saw just last night, if we watched Monday Night Football, that this time of year when you head up towards northern climes like Philadelphia and New York, it can be a little less fun than normal when you're playing outdoors. Uh, we're going to get to some weather-related stuff in a little bit uh, per Tom's uh, insistence <laughs> earlier in our chat. Uh, Sturge, question for you, and then Tony, I'm coming to you next. Uh, Sturge, Vance wants to know, do we think having Philbin back will help just because uh, everything's been uh, poopy uh, along the offensive line as of late? Uh, the, the solid dad word of poopy, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would say, <laughs> now, now that you're in the club, uh, I would say that uh, having Philbin back is huge. Um, th- this goes for all the coaching staff that have the rest of the guys back. I really think that once these guys get to the sidelines and they got to make their adjustments, these assistants, those guys were gone too. You know what I mean? Like there was a bunch of coaches gone. I think this is going to help Kellen Moore. I think this is going to help Philman. I think everybody back on the field this week is going to be a tremendous help. I think it's going to be, again, that offensive line shuffle, maybe that's happening because Philman's not there to say, hey, wait a minute, guys. No, these are your best five. Leave them in. Like he's not there to say that. He can't text. He can't smoke signal. Like that's just like, this is what they've been trying. They're throwing poop at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm. Nice. Uh, Tony, when you text, do you um, do you do the reacting to texts? I can't remember off the top of my head now. Do you do that? Oh, of course. I actually thought that was really stupid at first when that came out. And I was like, no one will ever use this. I use that all the time now. Is I feel, that when you like heart a text or like a text? Yeah, or like a text oh, yeah. or haha, whatever. I thought that's, that was... Honestly, from what, I, from what I gather from a lot of my friends, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect that you just, you have nothing to say, so you're just going to react. And then that was it. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. See, but like in that sense, it offers a, a nice way to end the conversation because you always have this like this pressure of like, well, I don't want to leave them hanging. You know what I mean? And I don't want to just say like, we're done talking. So the, the reaction is like a nice, hey, this was a great chat. You know, I'm a little bit busier now, but we'll talk soon. Um, so, you know, I, I forgot that you used it, Tony, uh, but you are our resident chicken little, uh, Tony Catalina, because you always think the sky is falling. Uh, so I'm coming to you first with this. Tom, you're next. Sturch, you are batting cleanup, is it? Uh, anyway, nope, that's uh, third. whatever. Uh, you're batting third. Yeah, on this. I'm saying I'm batting third. So, no, I'm not batting cleanup. That's whatever. Cool. Uh, it's cleanup in my heart. Uh, Tony, <laughs> is this the biggest game of the season for the Cowboys on Sunday at Washington? Yes or no? Why or why not? It's, it's tough to say no at this point. I think it is just because I, I'm. I try to take every game one game at a time, right? So I don't want to think too far ahead. But the implications of winning this game, being 9-4, and four, being another game ahead of Washington, knowing that you're going to play them in two weeks again. Um, I've said it from, you know, I think we all, I'm not breaking news when I say this, I think the next three weeks could put a nail in the coffin in this division. And if the, so this is the first game of it. I feel like if they, if they go in there and lay an egg against Washington, give them some life, put some air in their lungs, it's, it's going to, it's just going to be a bad situation. So I think this is a hugely important game. They win this game. It could, I mean, then they are who we thought they were. And if they don't, then, then yeah, then we're going to have to deal with another week and two weeks of when when are we going to sew up this division? Is it going to happen? So yeah, I do think this is the biggest game of the season. I've always thought that expression is weird, like the nail in the coffin. Like there's more than one nail. You know what I mean? Like in the traditional wooden coffins. If there was only there's one nail, final being, nail in the coffin. I mean, it? but not, not everybody like that's Tony's fault. Didn't include the word final. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but even then, they're not all like impervious. Like we all saw Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. You know what I mean? So like anything can happen. Uh, Tom, do you agree with Tony? Do you think it's not that big? Um, I, and I, obviously a loss would, would be more troublesome. But do you think a win is is maybe only the first nail but the most important nail because if you if you win this game you make it difficult for washington to come back to dallas in two weeks yeah it's it's almost giving the team a death grip on the uh, nfc east if they win this game uh if they lose it's suddenly just a one game lead and anything can happen and the pressure is really on so it's a half game lead if you want to be technical yeah, because Washington would have the tiebreaker at that right. point. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really important. Uh it if it if they lose, then another game may become the most important game for them. But right now, this is the most important game because this is gonna set the direction, just like the Saints game was the most important game at that point because they needed the win not to get in into trouble even earlier. So yeah, it's, I don't know how you can de-emphasize the importance of this game for the Cowboys and for the fighting teams. Uh, no pun intended um, on the football team. Um, you know, nice job. Nice job, Tom. Uh, Sturge, I'm going to amend the question a bit for you. But first, Rex Morgan asks, will we go three for three over the next three weeks? A reminder, the Cowboys' upcoming three games are at Washington, at New York, and then Washington at home. Yes or no, three for three? Yes. Mm, of course, I should have asked somebody a little bit more impartial. Um, okay, my next, uh, the amendment of the question to you, Sturge. Um, I, I I said on the Espionation NFL show last week, I picked the Patriots to win on Monday night last night, and they did, obviously. And I said, if the Bills do lose this game, they will lose their next three games. Uh, the Bills are on bye. No, they're not on bye this week, actually. Um, they're not on by, but uh, my point there, three of their next four games for Buffalo are the Patriots twice and the Buccaneers. And I said they would lose all three of those if they lost on Monday night to New England. And wow. so we're, we're one third of the way there. So, you know, it's a really demoralizing loss for Buffalo in that sense. Now, I don't think that's going to happen to the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to lose all three, but how demoralizing 
would a loss be on Sunday? See, you the first part of the the first question was, is this the most important game, right? And I'm going to say last week was the most important game because had they have lost last mm. week and if you lose this week, all of a sudden you're tied, okay? You are tied if you lose this week. If you lose this week, which I don't foresee them doing, but if you do go in there and slip up, lay an egg, and have one of those flat days, maybe the weather's bad, I don't know, whatever. Whatever the case may be, we fumble wrong. I don't know. Snapping fractions, we've seen it all, right? So if we lose this week to the Washington football team and we go a half game technically up in the division, we know what's in front of us. We know the Giants. I hate, are in front I of hate us. this already. I are, like as a Cowboys fan, I hate this because that we would lie to ourselves, Sturge. We I would be sitting no, here lying to ourselves next week, saying we still control our destiny. You know what I mean? That would suck. I don't listen. I don't want it, and I don't foresee it <laughs> happening. You're asking me if this would be demoralizing. No, it would just be frustrating. It would piss everybody off, and it would make us just start questioning. Oh my God, can we not beat the Washington Football Team? Like, are they better than us? Blah 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 blah. You would go nuts. You would start losing your mind, and the and the Cowboys Nation would implode again, and we're not contenders, and all this other stuff. That's what would happen within the media. But the Cowboys are going to win this game, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll circle back up, Tom. Would it be demoralizing? Would you classify it that way, or, or would you disagree along with Sturge? It it have to be demoralizing because all of a sudden it says, well, we're not necessarily the class of the division. And for so much of the season, we were the class of the division. Now you're having, now you'd be having to question that. And I'm, you know, I'm, does any, they're not hopefully going to draw a little hockley again for the refereeing crew, are they? Because that would scare me to death. Uh, we will Actually, see. If, if not for nothing, but the hockey league crew is nine and two for the road teams. So, look at that. Sturge coming in with some optimism regarding the Cowboys. Who would have thought? Uh, Tony, would it be demoralizing? Would you classify it that way? It's it's not a demoralizing victory. It's a walking on eggshells, like a little pins and needles type feeling. But it's not anything that should. If this team has a the the makeup we think they do, it shouldn't demoralize them. But it's but then they shouldn't lose. Good... It, like like to Tom's point, if if they have the makeup we think that they do, they shouldn't lose to this team. They shouldn't. No pun intended. I, I agree. I mean, a hundred percent. If it, you know, I I think I'm a little nervous. Like you said, I'm I'm chicken little. I'm kind of owning that because I come into every single game saying we could beat any team, but we could lose to any team. But if you're telling me we go out there and we have a dominant victory and be like, yeah, I could have saw this happening the whole time. Uh, Ninja Nuts, Tom, has a, a thought on your fashion. Says, Tom needs to change. Can't be wearing division opponent colors when they're up. Uh, Tom, wearing the burgundy shirt, it looks like. Well, um, pretty Tom's not cool. Defense. In Tom's defense, Irvin does that. Michael Irvin does it every week. Oh, so this, Tom this, and Michael Irvin are one and the same. This is maroon, folks. I'm an We egg. bleed maroon. Okay, yeah. yes. Hello, blue. Not- <laughs> uh, maybe it's just the lighting. Poor lighting makes it look yeah. burgundy. Um, man, um, interesting. I I think it would be demoralizing. I, I think it, it would, to Tom's point, so many Cowboys fans, oh, man, we, we're, we're at the point we can just root for the Eagles to win. We can just root for the Giants to win. Just hurt their draft position. We're going to have won this thing by Thanksgiving. It would be really devastating. Maybe you don't want to call it demoralizing. It would be devastating. And this is a really interesting game to me uh, because it is Washington, the team that swept them last year for the first time since 2012. And, you know, obviously a lot of people said, well, Ron Rivera was the better decision. Blah, blah. Ron Rivera was so much better than Mike McCarthy. Blah, blah, whatever. This is the first time that Mike McCarthy will have Dak Prescott against the Washington football team as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. First time he will have Tyron Smith. First time he will have Lyle Collins. I mean, the Cowboys were really, really, really not themselves in the two games that they played Washington last year. The second game, obviously, on Thanksgiving after the tragedy, uh, after the loss of Marcus Paul. And so... This is this is the I do think this is the biggest game for Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It is the biggest game for him because, OK, you're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be the difference. You need to go to Washington and win. They are the reigning division champions, whatever stock you put into that. They're a team that's won four in a row, including beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the team that is in your way. And to Tom's point, if you beat them at their house, you get a death grip on the division. I mean, it's it's big. This is the game, Sturge, that everybody thought the Chiefs game was. Everybody wanted that to be all this narrative and all this juice, and it's a Super Bowl preview. The reality was, as we said, it was an AFC game. They weren't going to take it as seriously. This is the game. This is the moment for them, and they have to deliver. I'm almost disappointed that there wasn't flex to the 4 o'clock hour. Like, this is like, you know, how 1 o'clock on a Sunday when it's division and the division's up for grabs and death grip here and this, that. And I'm like, 
I, I looked at it the other day and I'm I'm like, oh, thank God, no more Thursday stuff. And I was like, are we really playing at one o'clock again? Like, I just I felt like this is the this has got to feel and maybe I'm wrong, but like this has to feel like the most one o'clock games the Cowboys have had in a long time. Like all the other games, the Denver game, the, the Falcon game. The, it just felt like there's been a lot of one o'clock games this year. Maybe, like I get I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just a feeling or maybe it's just more recent. But I don't know. I don't like the fact that it's at one o'clock, to be honest with you. Uh, well, whatever time it's at, it's in December. And Aiden Davis, our resident professor, is not here with us this evening. Uh, ironically, he's taking an exam. So best of luck to young Aiden. Um, he'll, you'll hear from him on Two Minute Warning with Sturge and Tony later on in the weekend. But he did work this up for us. If you are watching on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, if you are listening on the Blog of the Boys podcast, or you can check our Twitter uh, or our Instagram or our Facebook page. I'll also be writing about this. You can check out blogoftheboys.com sometime later in the week. What you're all looking at is Mike McCarthy's uh, career winning percentage by month. And as you can see, he has notoriously struggled in the month of November, not just this past November, but historically, even as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. So the blue column is his home winning percentage and the gray column is his away winning percentage. So it isn't just this, you know. Uh, because Aiden, you know, smartly thought maybe it's just a, a situation where he benefits from the cold weather at Lambeau Field, you know, because teams have to go there, et cetera, et cetera. But you can see Mike McCarthy's away winning percentage in the month of December is 53.6%. His home winning percentage is 82.8%. This is a weird trend. I, I mean, admittedly, Tom, a very weird trend that Mike McCarthy comes out and struggles notoriously in November but does generally bounce back in the month of December. Now, if anyone is curious, just for the sake of being accurate, uh, last week's game, which was a December game, is included in this sample. It's one game, so it's not you know going to drastically move anything, but it does technically go on Mike McCarthy's ledger. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah. To me, this is just another one of the things of, of November that there were a lot of things just kind of piling up that I think led to losing the three games. You know, you had all the injuries, you had the COVID problems, you had a, a suspension crop up. Uh, it's just like a whole bunch of things that were bad in November that now look to be good in December. And this is just another log on that particular fire. McCarthy seems to do very well in the in the month of christmas so maybe he's going to give us a nice christmas present here uh tony does this make you feel better does it make you feel worse i can't imagine that would be the case it, does it, are you indifferent do you think it's just coincidence um are, are you are you maybe hopeful that it means something where are you at i mean i like the fact that the numbers are positive in the month of december i mean you got to feel good about that i mean November was a tough month. I think we all kind of want to put that in the rear view, but to see, you know, numbers, analytics that prove that we have a head coach that excels in arguably the most important month of the season, um, you got to feel good about that as in totality. Sturch, um, do you think there's something to November being weird in the NFL? And I don't have any data to support this, so this is maybe Aiden's next project. Um, but I, I do wonder if maybe we've seen – Historically, again, this is a hypothetical, the largest number of players placed on injured reserve in November. You're talking at that point, you're two months into the season. Maybe things are cropping up. That does make winning more difficult for different teams, unless you're Tony Romo. Obviously, that was uh, obviously his month of success during his playing career. Uh, how do you feel, Sturge? Um, I, I think it's just this year, to be honest with you. I mean, you really can't really credit last year. And don't forget, guys, I mean, as, as much as we did lose to the Washington football team twice last year, Let's also forget not forget what they did to Andy Dalton while almost knocking him out on his feet. Like, and no, mm. nobody came to his defense. There's a there's a little bit of bad blood for anybody that's left over from that game, in particular, specifically Tyron Smith, who was not playing in that game, who would have probably you know choked him out. But in any event, um, I would say that in November the success rate for Mike McCarthy this year has been a little weird. Yes, IRs. Now that the IR is a three week deal and it's not season ending anymore, as of just the last couple of years. I believe people like kind of refer to that first when it comes to like, oh, we can get another guy up on the roster if we just put this guy in IR. I think that's happened a lot because of that. And of course, you got the COVID stuff. That's not going away. So that's it's, it's, it's a pain in the butt, but it, it is what it is. And this is where we're at. Um, so, Tom, um, shifting gears a little bit, but but sticking on Mike McCarthy's past just 
enough to allow me to make this segue properly. You wanted to talk about this. Sturch, I know you were really passionate about the cold weather on Monday night. You thought it was awesome. You thought you were watching football in a snow globe, whatever. Um, I don't have a take on this one way or the other. I'm fine. Like, is, if my team's not playing, cool. Like, just put it on TV, and I'll, I'll totally watch this game. Uh, but, Tom, this incited some fear for you, uh, seeing the, the Bills and the Patriots play in a game that was – literally impacted by the cold, obviously, as Sturge mentioned, New England only throwing the ball three times. So, Tom, you basically asked us, should we now be nervous about a postseason trip to Lambeau Field? I have laid out the theatrics of a potential trip uh, to pro football's holiest cathedral, uh, but the reality of the weather and the climate is a real one that the Cowboys or anybody else will have to contend with. Yeah, I I was saying all along, I don't want to be up there playing in January. Uh, just because that's one more thing that the Cowboys are not really comfortable with. They're an indoor team. They, you know, they they play. You know, they don't even go out in very cold weather uh, when they're on their days off because you know Dallas is is not real bad. Uh, you know, we're looking at at eighty degree weather here uh, at, at, by the end of this week again. Uh, we may be setting you know a record high, Lucky. and that's not. That's not what you see up um, at Lambeau Field. You know, there, if you get a really great day, it may be 42 and breezy, you know. Uh, that's tougher to play in. And, and I just want every possible advantage in the playoffs. Unfortunately, it's starting to look an awful lot like the road to the NFC championship is going to go through Green Bay. Uh, you know, I'd love to see somebody knock them off, but I don't think they've got a whole lot of big challenges left on their schedule. Um, you know, and, and so we might have to face that. It's just going to make me a little bit more nervous. Uh, we'll have to hope it's not really bad weather. And we'll have to hope that the Cowboys get their running game fixed because right now they don't have a running game that can go up and handle that kind of cold weather where you can't trust uh, the passing game, you know, the kind of thing where if they, they they fire a pass into you, it feels like it's breaking your hands to catch it, which is you know tough on the receivers. So, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm nervous about it, but I'm also becoming resigned to the fact that if the Cowboys make it that far, it's going to happen because they need a lot of help to climb out of the the four spot. And I'm I'm right now saying that I think. Green Bay is going to wind up with the one seed uh, because I think the uh, the Cardinals are more likely what, to have a stumble. Wouldn't it be ironic, Tom, if it was the Cowboys beating the Cardinals that gave the Packers the top seed in the NFC? Say la vie, man. <laughs> I mean, like, what is can that you do? Is they're... that not like that's a real possibility? Is it not? And like, yeah. and, it, and th that win for Dallas might not even move them up. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to even the three seed. Like, so like there is some, and we'll, we'll have this conversation a month from now. There is some logic to maybe if you're Dallas, you've already won the NFC East by then to throwing that game to, I mean, <laughs> for, for strategic, oh, I, I feel like I've, I've poked something. Tony, I want yeah. your thoughts there first because Sturch, Sturch is, is readying up. Would let's, let's live in that hypothetical, Tony. If, if Dallas loses to Arizona, the Cardinals are the one seed. If they beat them, Green Bay is the one seed. You're in charge. What do you do? And you're the four seed no matter what. I, I, it's tough for me because to, that's you're, you're two weeks removed, right? I, I mean, I'm Actually, okay with. Sorry, Tony. I, I will say this: that let me let me create the hypothetical a little bit more detailed for you. If you lose, Arizona is the one seed, and if you win, Green Bay is the one seed. But if you win. You're the three seed. And if you lose, you are the four seed. So if you lose one to four, it's Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa, you. If you win, it's Green Bay, Arizona, you, Tampa. I want to win. I mean, I want to. I want to win that game. I think this entire season, every roundtable we've had, every single week, we've tried to avoid that four spot. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried – I'm not thinking about you know three weeks down the road possibly playing in Green Bay. I mean, if we get the three, Thomas, hey, I'll let Tom do that then. <laughs> because mm. you know, if we're the three seed and we win this game, there's a chance that we might not have to go there based on other games. We don't know who's going to win and how it shakes out, you know, in the divisional round. So um, I'd rather avoid 
I mean, the whole thing, I know the Rams look beatable right now, but I would rather get the highest seed possible and let the cards and the chips fall as they may. Sturch, I'm going to amend the question for you, as I often tend to do around here, uh, <laughs> because thinking more about it, I think the more probable outcome or problem, or, uh, like probable likelihood would be if you beat the Cardinals, you're probably still the four seed. Because I don't think, if, especially if anyone looks at Tampa's schedule, it's not intimidating by any stretch. So, but if you beat them, you are probably you are probably lowering them to the two seed and and hoisting Green Bay to the top spot. Okay, but then if you win in the wild card round, you might go to Arizona. Like like you know what I'm saying? Like you you might you might shuffle when you see Green Bay. I know you're gonna say you don't care. Bring them on whenever, whatever. But I mean, it's an interesting. Yeah, it's no, an interesting million, way to play around with all this stuff. There's there's a lot, a lot of ways this, this can go. Um, a, first and foremost, I'd like to win the NFC East. Thank you. <laughs> Before we start going crazy, because remember on this round table, it was about three weeks ago or four weeks ago. We're like, when is it safe to start rooting for the Giants and the Washington football team and the Eagles? When is it safe for that? And now here we are thinking this week's the biggest week of the year. Maybe start just chicken little. What? Maybe you're chicken little. <laughs> no man i'm just saying we, we let's win the division right as far as tom uh is saying that like you know going to green bay and he doesn't like the, the the scenario and the and the weather and i was saying it today and i'm like wait a minute what makes you guys think all of a sudden that when the, the calendar flips to december that somebody like hits this magical switch and it just snows every sunday it doesn't we don't have to worry about the elements until the elements are there okay would you mm. rather now i'll ask this to tom right in a, in a perfect world, right, Aaron Rodgers is still to – I mean, if it's arguable. People can argue this, but I think Aaron Rodgers might be, at the end of the day, one of the greatest to ever do it physically, okay? Tom Brady, yes, he's won all the Super Bowls. I get that. Pound for pound, skill for skill, I think Aaron Rodgers is the guy. Would you rather play Aaron Rodgers in elements or in a perfect – controlled climate where he can just do whatever he wants, which he has done already time and time again in Dallas? Like the elements actually pose to both teams, both teams, no matter how quote used to it, you are, you're never used to it. If there's elements, there's elements for everybody. Okay. For this, there'd be no elements if we're in Dallas. So I welcome the challenge to go to green Bay, right? All the wrongs of the past, beat them in green Bay, send my business partner into a loop of oblivion because he's a big Packers guy. But I'm thinking like this right here, this right here is an opportunity for Dallas to just take care of what they got to take care of get on the schedule, win a home game in the first round, and then wherever it goes, whether it be Arizona in beautiful Arizona or cold and frigid Green Bay, they have a chance to not only that, to get back home, to get back home if it's not Tampa for whatever reason, and, and they can get back home for the NFC title game. Like, there's so many intangibles, but let's not let's not put this weather thing in, in, like, in a disadvantage to only the Cowboys. Nobody wants to play in that stuff. Nobody. Yeah, I, well, I don't say anybody wants to play in it. I just... And the, to get to the bottom line right now, we can't control how the other teams do. You know, we've got five games ahead where the Cowboys have some control over the outcome. And it's looking right now like the Cowboys need to be focusing on every single game. You know, uh, if they win the first one, then they need to focus on winning the second one, even if it is the Giants. They win those two, they need to focus on winning the third one because I think the Cowboys need to get get some of that confidence back, get some of that swagger they had during the six game winning streak. Uh, that is missing a little bit right now and they need to get that back. And the best way to do that is to get on a good, strong run to end the season. So, you know, I'm, yeah, there are ways I'd prefer. I'd prefer for Dallas to be the number one seed all the way through. I, I don't think that's likely. I don't think it's going no, to happen, I, but I, you know, I want to just see them win a bunch of games now. On the schedule right now, if you look at the standings right now, the Dallas Cowboys are one, one game behind the two and the three. If you count the loss, the head-to-head -head loss to Tampa, fine. Okay, I get that. But, like, you're acting as if every given something. Guys, we watched the Bills lose to the Jaguars. We watched the Jets beat the, the Bills. The Bills kind of suck, though. Like, now we, we, now we know that. Yeah, you but know? you know what? It's any given Sunday. These red-hot teams can just go soft, man. It's so weird how this NFL season has played out. So, if you think about it, if we watch – L.A. go out and beat up on the on the Cardinals on Monday night this week, right? And we all hope that happens, by the way. Just yeah. So this is after we win, right? Let's just say we win, we take care of business. That's that. We're nine and four. Then you see a team like L.A. play up 
and win that game. So all of a sudden, the Cardinals have three losses. The Cardinals are on your schedule. So if you beat them head to head, all of a sudden you're better than the Cardinals. Yeah, but it's all it the, takes. That, that assumes the Cowboys win out, and I don't think anyone's willing. I to can't they win that, out. Right? I mean, do we have to relitigate the last month? Like that's why they can't win out. Like right. the, you know, that's that's why. Like to be you know, they could Fine. sure. Like again, Fine. if we're if we're examining all possible outcomes, it's certainly one of them. Um, but it's like, I don't think Washington wins out. Like people are like, oh, Washington controls their own destiny. Like they right. will not. They will not. Like no team will win out that is in that like hypothetical never happens although washington has done that before what were they like two and seven in 2012 before they ripped off uh whatever it was seven in a row uh, we don't have to talk about that but uh i know that this is forbidden in the sturgeo household but i do want to once more look ahead uh to the potential playoff opponents for the what will hopefully be nfc east champion dallas cowboys i just want a numerical answer i don't want any elaboration before we move on if you had to predict now what seed the Cowboys are come playoff times. What is it, Sturch? Four. Tom? Four. Tony? Four. Yeah, I think we all agree. The Again, anything is possible at Sturch's point uh, and Kevin Garnett's, but the most probable outcome here is that the Cowboys are the four seed in the playoffs. So speaking of Aiden Davis, he ran some more numbers for us uh, in terms of the most likely team that the Dallas Cowboys will see in the playoffs. Now, what you're looking at, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening, please check out Blog of the Boys on social media, blogoftheboys.com, or go watch the video. It's up to you. Uh, but these possibilities, even Sturch, do include the Cowboys as different seeds. These are still, though, the most likely outcomes. The most likely outcome for the playoffs, for the wild card round, is the Cowboys hosting the Los Angeles Rams. The highest likelihood, 35.2% chance of likelihood. Second most likely is the Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card round, but that would require San Francisco jumping L.A. to become the five seed because the Cowboys are going to be the four in these hypotheticals. The third most likely thing, uh, again, according to this particular set of data, uh, is that the Cowboys have the first round bye. Um, which again, we all agree is somewhat improbable. The odds of probability dropped from 35.2 to 24.4 to 8.3. Just behind that, the Cowboys hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in their first playoff game. Uh, so Tom, I'll go to you first. It, it kind of feels like we're a month away from Cowboys Rams at AT&T stadium on wildcard weekend. Does that give you pause? Does that make you pumped? Does that make you want to bake a pie? Like, how does it make you feel? Well, you know, I look at it the other way. I think there's almost a two-thirds chance that they're going to play somebody else, according to this. Um, uh, that's I wouldn't say that that's a totally representative statement, but that's true to a certain degree. That's fine. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but we are rooting for the Rams on on Monday. That's that's where like you've got to kind of weigh what yeah. you want, Tom. Like, are you are you so afraid of the Rams, hypothetically, of course, that you're willing to say, you know what, let the Cardinals have the one seed? I want to push the Rams down because the Cowboys are going to be the four seed. So let's give the Rams a loss. Niners, get your crap together and pass them. I mean, no. so it depends on on what you want, what you value. No, I uh, there there are some other teams on the list I'd rather play than the Rams, but the Rams don't frighten me, so so to speak. Does anybody uh, on this list frighten you more than the Rams? That, that is a, a legitimately likely possibility, of course. No, nobody. Fright, nobody frightens me on you don't the get list of anything, the Tom. Anything. Just nobody yeah. is more intimidating to me than than you know the Rams are. They are probably the best of the possible ones here. But as we keep saying, there's five weeks left to the season, and things could change. I mean, the Rams could jump up and beat the Cardinals, and suddenly you know make things interesting there. They could also crater. Uh, you know, so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I think the Rams probably would be on paper, the biggest challenge, but you know, right now I'm just like, let's get the Cowboys into the playoffs. I'm just fascinated by the fact that the football outsiders has the, the Eagles as a better shot making the, the playoffs than the football team, according this, to this. This is uh, this is the the likelihood of of Dallas seeing them in the playoffs, Tom. So yeah. not not playoff probabilities, and so there is a world where the Cowboys could hypothetically climb as you know. Because if you look at this, the third most likely thing is the buy, which would mean Dallas is the one seed. Um, and I that we do have the examples, and I can pull them up here. But I'm going to assume that Eagles matchup 
is based on Dallas as the two seed and Philly as the seventh seed. Does that make sense? Um, as being more likely than than drawing Washington. Because I do think Washington at this point is actually, you know, and they literally are this right now, that they are the sixth seed. And so the only way Dallas would see them is as the three seed uh, in the NFC. So it's just, again, likelihood of all these stars aligning, so to speak. Uh, Tony, are you afraid of the Rams? Are you more afraid of anybody else? I mean, what are your thoughts here? Well, it's, it's a it's a double-edged sword to me because I feel like the entire season and every week we talked about how we had to avoid the Rams and avoid the four seed. That's what we wanted. And then I believe it was you or somebody on this roundtable in the last couple of weeks said, you know, we're kind of softened on our stance about the Rams a little bit and we're kind of less afraid of them than we thought they were. Um, but to play out another hypothetical that you presented, you know, if, if they go out and beat the Arizona Cardinals, um, you know, this week, then I, then I think people are like, oh, you know, maybe the Rams are like as scary as we thought they were. So um, as a whole, I'm going to stick to what we thought all year. I want to avoid the fourth seed. I would like to avoid the Rams if we can. I mean, they, they have a type of team that could give us some fits and give us some trouble. So, yeah, I mean, you, I would love to play the 49ers. I would love to play the Eagles. So, like, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I would, I would like to avoid the Rams if, if possible. Sturch, when you look at it, uh, Monday night's game between the Cardinals and the Rams is monumental. Um, And you're the one, Sturch, who has kind of harped on the fact that Dallas still has yet to play Arizona, so they control their fate in a large sense there. Uh, We talked about, you know, would you throw that game if it meant, you know, establishing Green Bay as not the number one seed. But if if Arizona loses on Monday night to the Rams, all of a sudden Arizona's 10 and three and the Rams are nine and four. So then the Rams are right behind them. And and, and that, that, that would be a split. They, they would have already split their games this season, so they wouldn't play each other anymore. But then if you're if you're Dallas and you hand them one more loss, you know, it, maybe you boost the Rams to, you know, being the NFC West winner. And then maybe it's the Cardinals you draw in the in the wild card round. So who would you rather play in the wild card round, Sturge, the Cardinals or the Rams? Uh, the Rams simply because I just watched. I'd rather play the Cardinals. What? I'd rather play the Cardinals. Sorry, just I just to... I just see how the Cowboys reacted to a running quarterback, and that, and then that guy wasn't supposed to run as much. I mean, <laughs> Kyler Murray can run, you know. So like, I, I'm I want to I don't want to mess around or chase his little butt all over the place. I just don't want to do it. Uh, the Rams are, are are showing their uh, showing their hands a little bit as far as like being a, obviously a beatable team. Um, let's all forget, like let's not forget. You know, Matt Stafford is still their quarterback, and while he has Hall of Fame numbers and inflated numbers out the wazoo. He's still Matt Stafford, and for three weeks in a row, he's throwing pick sixes left and right. And if you don't think Trayvon Diggs will take one of those back, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not as worried about the Rams as I am even the 49ers because the 49ers have a really good rushing attack and Eli Mitchell. The Rams don't really have that established runner right now. So overall, if you just have to defend Cooper Cup, you know lock in on him and then you know odell beckham of course is now there and he's it would be unbearable to lose a playoff game to odell oh exactly so that's why i think we do play him and we would beat him so Mm. okay so sturch isn't afraid of the rams um does anybody have anything that they want to get off their chest and if you if you don't you won't be able to sleep tonight maybe it doesn't even have to be cowboys related maybe it's a a good movie you watched you know you just want to share it another another thing uh about facing the rams the Cowboys have kind of had Matt Stafford's number in the playoffs. Call him out, Tom. Drag him. Yeah. Dude. So you know, I, I would, I, I, I think that might actually be a better matchup than we think. And I'm kind of not real fond of the idea of facing uh, Washington or Philadelphia in the playoffs. I, I don't like that idea of going in and playing a third game, especially if you swept them in the regular season. That that would be. Just to add to that point, there will be five out of six games against NFC East teams, uh, factoring the run up to the wildcard round, obviously. And if it was Philly, it'd be two in a row, because obviously Dallas is at Philly uh, in week 18. Obviously, they get done with Washington in two weeks. But, Sturcher, you you were had you had a, a head movement there. You don't want to see Washington or Philly? Or, you, or you're down with it? No, no, I don't want to see any division opponent. We already went over this a couple of weeks ago when we said, like, oh, right. should we rest our starters, let yeah, Philly and, in? Like, no. To- I, Tony just said, screw the Eagles forever and ever and ever. Right? I remember that vividly. <laughs> I think about that every day. Good times. Good times. Uh, Tony, do you have any thoughts here? You've been silent. No, I mean I- – I, I, we talked. We touched on how important this game is this week. So I just want to hand. I know we're talking in the future, and that's what we do is you know as as talking heads and pundits. But I want to beat Washington so bad. I just want to win this one week, and then we'll we'll kind of rehash it and move forward from here. Okay, 
All right. So uh, give me a score prediction. Everybody here. Uh, Sturge, you go first. Um, I'm going to say that this one, the, the offense wakes up a little bit more than what it's been playing in the last couple of weeks. I feel like we're going to start getting going here. December is going to be our month. I really, I firmly, firmly believe this. Um, I'm with a 31-17 win. 31-17 Cowboys. Tom. I was thinking 34-19 for some reason with something like some missed extra points or something by the football team. Okay, Tony. I say 27-20, but the game won't be as close as the score indicates as Washington gets like a pity one at the end. And then they try like an onside kick that Cedric Wilson recovers and ices it. Nice. Um, I will say 26-17. I think it's a a painful climb to that 26, and I think – I think we're really pissed off at halftime saying like, why, why is this this close? Why are you letting him hang around? You know, whatever, maybe, you know, Mike McCarthy defers in the first half, they get the ball the second half, they, you know, give himself some breathing room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I also haven't, yeah, go ahead, search. I was just going to say, I also think that, um, just be careful what you wish for Washington football team fans. There was a lot of people saying we want Dallas. We want Dallas. Well, guess what? You're about to get Dallas, and I think you're going to get a pissed off Dallas, and I think we're going to get out of here and end your season. That's what I, I tell you. What uh, if you are watching on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel? You will see the Madden simulation very soon. Um, here should be dropping in the next two days or so, it, depending on when you're watching this, of course. And I don't know if any of you guys know this, but last week the Madden simulation not only correct and that the Cowboys won had the final score correct and had a defensive touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys. So. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that whatever Madden tells us is going to happen this week, there's a large level of reason to believe. I'm with it. I mean, Madden knows all, right? I I love it. Tom, do you have a Madden thought? John Madden was great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, uh, Well, likelihood likelihood that Tom has ever picked up a controller to play a game of John Madden. Tom has definitely played Madden at some point. I'm very confident in this. Tom, have you ever played Madden? Uh, RJ loses this bet. Wow. Um, Tom, do you know who's on the cover of this year's game? Nope. Don't care either. Do you know Sturge? Yeah, I'm looking right at it. It's it's Mahomes and Brady. Okay, fine. Respect. And next year it'll be Dak Prescott. Everybody's like, oh, no. Well, no, there comes the Madden. I would love that. Oh, no. I would love that. Yeah, the only cowboy that's been on there really is is T.O. in the, you know, like legend version or whatever, which was cool, but, you know. Yeah, give us somebody active. I think Zeke is more of a Madden guy, by the way. I think he'd he'd be on the cover first. But um, okay, with a final score tonight of six thousand four hundred twelve, uh, Tom is our winner at Tom Ryle BTV on Twitter. Uh, he had the most sound points. I really liked everything you had to say, Tom. Um, just a big congratulations. Even though you've never played Madden, that's your lone demerit here. So I'll take. Six points away, but you still win uh, by a good two thousand. Uh, any thoughts? Anybody you want to thank? You know, uh, you know, anybody? Any way you want to brag? It's up to you, Tom. It's your moment. Uh, I just, I really want to thank you, RG and, and RJ. RG, wow, RG, great, great, great job. I did want to know that the check clear. That's... Uh, not, yeah, I don't know. Uh, cause I, I did the, like the phone, take a picture of the check and you know, you then you get the email it. that it's processing. So I'll let you know, um, you know, uh, in due time, but, uh, all right. So everybody good. Nobody has anything to say or else we're gone forever. Not forever, but you know, we'll all right. it forever. my last thought, my last thought about this podcast in particular and going forward, do not be surprised that in three weeks time from now, the Dallas Cowboys are in the conversation to be the number one overall seed. Okay. All right. That's it. Good for you, Sturge. All right. Uh, Tony, the last 18 words belong to you. Man, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> beat Washington. It's going to be rainy. We go down there, and maybe it's a, you know, the 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 running attack, rushing attack. Surprises us. Zeke gets a couple touchdowns, then we go and kick the teeth in. Period. The end. That was like 39 words. Um, but good Beautiful. job, nonetheless. Uh, good job, Tony. Good job, Sturge. Good job, Tom. Uh, good job, RG. And good job, listener. We appreciate all you guys. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>
Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.